seen and heard is similar to that uh, analogy I've kind of used a bit around like we go beneath the surface. I think a lot of young girls that come into our workshop feel like they can only be seen and heard by being a certain way. And that's been that surface layer. I'll just show people these parts of me. But really what we show girls in our workshops is when we just dig beneath the surface, it's actually what's beneath the surface is what's going to help you to be fully seen and heard. And, you know, to really be seen in the mess of it or to be seen in, in the things that really light you up. It's, it's showing all of you and not just parts of you. Welcome to the Virgin Active Minds podcast by Virgin Active, where we dive deep into conversations with the best and the brightest minds in the health and well-being world. If you've got questions about health, exercise, or any dimension of well-being, we've got the answers one expert at a time. I'm Mark Cito, your host, because I love all things well-being, from exercise, work, relationships, and going deep inside our minds. I'm here to explore it all with you. This is what they came for. Welcome back to Virgin Active Minds and thank you for joining us for part two of our conversation with Mandy Dante. If you haven't listened to part one yet, then head back, listen to part one first and then come back and join us in part two. Otherwise, here we are. Yeah, I can see what what you're saying now as when you described Flourish Girl earlier about, you know, you're not necessarily teaching or telling these girls how to think or how to feel it is more that you're facilitating the space to be open and to share and it's interesting how you just said you know uh, when you ask um when you ask the girls how much more connected do you feel by sharing stories and I guess that comes back to I you know there's this bit of an underlying theme with this podcast around storytelling you know and mm. how powerful that can be not necessarily because you're asking for answers or you're asking for yeah. others to fix things in your life mm. but it is just to share just yes. to sit and share and as part of that process to be also be a listener mm. and to just you know um I guess have or share empathy mm. Yeah, it sounds like a really beautiful process. Can you talk to us yeah. a little bit more about the process? Like, Yeah, what, yeah, for yeah, sure. That, no, that's good. I realized I didn't get to jump into it before, so I'm glad you asked. So, yeah, so what usually happens is, so I know I spoke about it really high level around our level one, two, and three programs, but, you know, the format is, the flow is the same, but the content and what we talk about changes throughout the levels. But for example, for our level one program, so the first program girls really step into, there's three main parts to the day. So, you know, the morning sessions all around really just getting the girls warmed up. We really want to create a fun and engaging space for them. So our facilitators do an amazing job with running a bunch of icebreakers, you know, just really loosening up the space. And, you know, the way that we even format the programs is we don't have like it's not a lecture theater style where we're at the front there, like in the crowd. It's like, we always do a circle of chairs because we feel like it's, you know, everyone's at the same level, which is what we want. So there's a circle of chairs. We've moved all the tables aside and yeah, we're playing a bunch of games in that morning session. And, you know, it's similar to what we talked about before about the storytelling and, you know, we open up the space for our facilitators to share stories, you know, what was life like for them as a teenage girl. And it's really amazing when, 
girls get to see these confident young women share what life was like for them because it just breaks the ice and they realize, oh, they are going through similar things that I might be going through. So yeah, that morning's all around storytelling as well. And we get girls also the opportunity to share their story with their peers. And anytime we debrief this and our facilitators always ask, it's like, oh, well, hands up if you learned something new about the person in your group and everyone's hand goes up. They're like, oh, I've known Jesse for 10 years and I didn't know X, Y, and Z. So it's really beautiful for girls to really start to own that space, own their story and know that there's so much positiveness that comes out from sharing your story. So that's the morning session. So that's all around warming the girls up. The middle session is a little bit more about that vulnerable session that I was sharing about before. So, you know, we really start to uproot current limitations. So we just create that safe space where girls can share, you know, what are some of the things that you say to yourself? Like we focus a lot on self-judgment in that first session and, you know, girls write down on a post-it note anonymously, what are some of the things you say to yourself? And then our facilitators, you know, collect all the post-it notes, they put it on the whiteboard and group by group comes up in silence and they see all the post-it notes that girls, you know, what they say to themselves. And, you know, it is very heartbreaking, you know, the things that we hear, you know, we've got girls that say, you know, you're so ugly, like you're so dumb. Why did you say that? No one likes you. Like it is very heartbreaking seeing all of those things on a, on the whiteboard. But when we open up that space, our facilitators just kind of name, like, you know, how's everyone feeling? And time and time again, girls just say, you know, I, it feels bittersweet. You know, it sucks that we all feel this, but for the first time, I don't feel alone anymore. And that's when, you know, that lived love, empathy and connection really starts to happen because girls, you know, start to share stories of times they've judged themselves. And it really creates this, oh, it just creates this drop in the room. The minute that one girl shares, it just, it really just, everyone just ends up sharing just a quick story. We had one time a girl who looked quite confident. Like she seemed like the sporty, like kind of like the class clown. And she walked in and I remember we got to this middle session and she just like put her hand up and then she just started crying. She said, she's a little bit curvier than some of her peers. So she just said, you know, I constantly compare myself to everyone else's bodies and she started breaking down. And then our facilitators just said, well, hands up. You have so much respect for what Tracy's just shared. And everyone's hand went up. And it was in that moment that Tracy realized that, oh, I can get love and connection by just being me. Like I don't need to be the class clown. I don't need to be the loudest in the room. And, you know, we just hear stories like that time and time again of girls just sharing so authentically. And a lot of the time people have no idea what they're going through. We've had, you know, a girl that's, you know, the school captain and she looks like she's got it all together. And she just shares, you know, I'm really, I'm always stressed out around academics and I just feel like I can never share this with anyone else. And yeah, just like there's that connection that's built in the room and, you know, just another quick story because, because they're just coming to me as it like feed because, you know, we had a girl in our program and she came to the, this middle session and then she just kind of named that, oh yeah, I feel quite anxious. And, and then what happened is we ran a follow-up session six months later, like our level two and the same girl, she came up to us at the end of the level two program. She said, oh, I don't know if you remember me, but you came to do the level one program. And I mentioned that I felt really anxious and I went home and I, I spoke to my mom and 
yeah, I just realized that I needed to get professional help. And now I'm seeing a psychologist and I just want to say thank you. And that just lit our whole team up. And it was amazing because that same night we were running a parent evening session at the school and this mum comes in and she said, are you the Flourish Girl team? And then, you know, some of us are like, oh no, what did we do? Are we in trouble? What's going on? And she just said, oh, I'm that girl's mum. And she just started to cry and she couldn't say anything, but she just wanted to say thank you. And she just hugged us all. And then she left. And, you know, it's just really remarkable. The impact that these programs have, not just on the girls, but also on the parents, we Mm. get DMs on the teachers, we get emails and yeah. So, you know, it is quite beautiful that middle session just because that space is created. Mm. Yeah. So, and then, yeah. And then we end up in the final session, which is all around flourishing into the young woman you want to be. So we really create that space for girls to share, you know, who is it that you want to be in this world? You know, like, who do you want to be and what's something you can do differently moving forward? And it's quite beautiful because at the end we close off on an honoring, you know, for girls to really be seen for their gifts, strengths and talents. And, you know, that is always a really powerful moment because girls, you know, they just light up like a Christmas tree to be fully seen for their character is huge. And, you know, we just ran a program last week and one of the facilitators was saying that, you know, the whole group got honored and one of the girls was like, can we do another round of honorings? And, you know, they just absolutely loved it. And one of our, one of the teachers in the circle, she just was like bawling because she was getting honored by all the students. And she just said, you know, in my 45 years of living, I've never experienced anything like this before. Mm. So it is, it's such a healing space for the girls and the teachers as well. So yeah, that's like a little bit of what we do. And I mean, it's just astonishing, right? Like just holding that space and allowing someone to open up and how then, Mm -hmm. how infectious that is. Yeah. Because naturally it feels good, right? Like it's a, it's a good feeling to get that Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. You have to, I'm not, I'm not a teenage girl, but (laughs) (laughs) you have to invite me along. definitely. uh, Especially, you know, as a yoga teacher, you know, I've had experience in similar kind of sharing circles and it is, Mm. it's, it's been a while, but yeah, look, I think it's incredible work that you're doing. Do you think that the awareness of these challenges that young women are facing, do you think that awareness is growing? Like, do you think schools Mm. are getting on board? Do you think greater society, parents, like what's been your experience? Yeah, this is such a great question because I feel like we're in such a pressing time in history about just young women and empowerment. And I think it's a bit of both. I think definitely COVID has, because it's amplified all the things that teenage girls have been feeling even before COVID, I think, you know, schools are definitely realizing how important this work is. And I think there's definitely more traction on that. And also with the the leak that happened with the Instagram report and the impact that had on teenage girls' mental health, I think, yeah, I think we're definitely starting to wake up to it, but I don't feel like it hasn't been given the spotlight enough. And this is something, you know, I'm personally really passionate about because I feel, yeah, I just don't think girls' mental health is still getting the attention that it deserves. And, you know, this isn't like a girl-boy gender difference battle, anything like that. I think young men equally need the same space that girl, young women need. And, you know, we 
our partner organization, the Man Cave, do an incredible job with boys in high schools as well. So, yeah, so I think like just in summary, I feel like, yes, it's definitely getting more attention, but we're not even close to it yet. Mm. So, yeah, but it's opening up the dialogue, which is, you know, makes me grateful to know that we're taking some steps forward. Yeah. And you mentioned the parent, I forget what you called it, but what's the reaction been like from parents and schools? Mm, Yeah, great question. I think usually with parents, the only times we get to talk to them is whether they've been, you know, part of a parent evening session, which is like the parent information night, or, you know, we might get an Instagram DM or anything like that, or we get emails through the school. I think it is quite amazing a lot of parents they're grateful. They're really grateful for that space because sometimes I know I got a, a, we got a DM. I don't know when it was, it was recently. And it was a mum reaching out, just saying, thank you so much. I'll just make up a name, her daughter, just to disclose, not to share identity, but let's say her name's Sophie. She's like, Sophie came home and she was just sharing how impactful it was. So thank you for creating a space to have conversations that parents can sometimes feel quite uncomfortable to have. Mm. So, you know, it is, it's so amazing for parents to know that, you know, we're supporting them because sometimes it can be really hard to initiate that conversation as mm. well. So, yeah, I think it's it's something that parents are really, really grateful for, especially in this time as well. Mm, for sure. Mm. And you mentioned COVID there and I guess the amplification mm-hmm. of mental health challenges. Yeah. Have you seen anything in particular that, because you've just done some courses yes. recently, right? Did you find yeah. anything there kind of post-lockdowns and mm. was there anything specially challenging? I think, oh, it's so hard to pinpoint. I think just generally, I think girls are just really, you know, they're just getting used to connecting again, connecting mm. with peers, getting into life again, connecting with themselves. I think that's been really, really challenging, I think. And I mean, that's why there's been, you know, so many more, you know, mental health issues that get disclosed in our workshops lately, because, you know, really what's at the foundation of it is the lack of connection with self and others. That's what leads to things like, you know, our mental health getting worse, you know, there's there's research around that. And yeah, I think girls are just really, you know, I think they're still transitioning, you know, you know, the the framework we use at Flourish Girl at the moment is rites of passage, which Dr. Anna Rubenstein created. And the in and out of lockdowns, they're all being forms of rite of passages. And I think, you know, I think girls are just kind of struggling to actually know themselves and know, you know, what is like, like even like with us personally, like for me, I'm still trying to navigate through post-lockdown. I feel like I feel a bit spacey still. And I don't know if that's the same for you. I just... I feel like everyone's still trying to integrate, but I I feel like a lot of the issues still are the same, but yeah, I think connections probably, if I had to like pinpoint a theme, I think connection was definitely something Mm. that's been really tough since like lockdown. Yeah. For sure. And I guess that's something we all at some level feel. Yeah. But you know, when you think about, you know, what your school community is like, and connecting with friends and hanging out with friends and going through your teenage years with your peers. Mm. Like, you know, clearly I was not a young 
woman, but even as a young guy going through that, like mm. I relied on my friends so much. Yes. Like I can't, yeah. I, you know, I've been only thinking about it recently, like how tough it must have been these last couple of years for any kids, yeah. but especially yeah. teenagers as you're going through that. Yes. You know, those awful, <laughs> awful years. Oh, my gosh. But, it's cringeworthy. It's yeah, totally it's, cringeworthy. And and it, yeah. Potentially doing it alone. It's, yes. yeah, I, I really, I don't know how I would have handled that. It's so tough. And I mean, it's just a testament to just showing how resilient Mm. and incredible the next generation of young women that are coming through. Like, I think every workshop I've been in, I am completely in awe by the wisdom of young women. And it's, it's really amazing because one of my, I would have to say she's one of my informal advisors. She's now 18 and she was part of our first ever Flourish Girl workshop. And her name's Mia and Mia She's kind of like my insider. I'm like, mm-hmm. tell me the latest, what's going on. And, you know, she was just sharing like very similar things, you know, just around, especially like friendships, like how there's this pressure to feel like you need to be social again, but then also you don't want to be social, but mm-hmm. then there's that fear of missing out. And, mm-hmm. you know, that fear of missing out, it's huge for friends right now, especially because you've missed so many pivotal moments in your teenage years too. So it it's really been challenging. It has been really tough, but yeah, it's just incredible that they continue to show up and, you know, they go back to school, they continue to like move forward. So yeah, mm. it's incredibly tough, incredibly tough. And can you talk to us or explain a bit more about what it means to be seen and heard? Mm, great question. Yeah. I think what that really means, if I was to unpack it more, I think being seen and heard is similar to that uh, analogy I've kind of used a bit around like we go beneath the surface. I think what that actually means is I think a lot of young girls that come into our workshop feel like they can only be seen and heard by being a certain way and that's being that surface layer. I'll just show people these parts of me. But really what we show girls in our workshops is when we just dig beneath the surface, it's actually – what's beneath the surface is what's going to help you to be fully seen and heard and, you know, to really be seen in the mess of it or to be seen in, in the things that really light you up. It's, it's showing all of you and not just parts of you. And that's really what being seen and heard looks like. And, and what, and what that actually looks like for the other person is someone being able to just like listen or see and not need a question, not need to provide an Mm. opinion. They're just, they just have admiration and respect for how that person is. You know, everyone is individual and we really embrace the individuality in every single young woman that goes through our programs. Mm. And I guess that's quite a big message for the support people, you know, mm. whether it's parents or aunties or uncles or siblings. Yeah. I think that's an important thing is that it is you don't feel like you need to fix things, you know, like you don't have to be the answer. Yes. You can still allow someone to be seen and heard, Mm. but not have to be an expert, you know, like it's just, it's just being, it's just listening. Yeah. And I think, and I think it's really interesting too, because I think, you know, even with like, you know, older generations or, you know, parents coming through, like, you know, we're all human at the end of the day, the teachers, parents, we're all human. And I think it all comes back to their experience of, you know, what's their relationship like to self-awareness? Do they run away from it? Do they like put a bandaid over it? Or do they actually 
look beneath the surface themselves. Mm. And I think, you know, that's why the biggest thing that we share anytime we do any work with parents is any moment you feel like you're about to give advice, like just, just don't do that. (laughs) And just like replace it to stories, like telling stories of what life was like for you when you were a teenage girl, like, you know, but not coming in with when I was your age, because we've heard that all the time with girls. Mm. They'd be like, oh, I roll my eyes anytime that my parents start a sentence like this. And I'm like, yeah, fair enough if there's like a hidden motive underneath it. But I think, you know, the best way if you want your girls to open up or any woman in your life to open up, it's really, you know, leading by example and planting those seeds of vulnerability yourself, being able to actually share, yeah, I had a rough day today and I struggled to ask for help because I'm scared of being a burden. Like, you like imagine if you just shared that with the young women in your life like Mm. that is just it plants seeds of trust and safety for them to be like oh okay they might actually understand what I'm going through and yeah I think it's 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 really powerful when we can all just share at the same level and not give advice because yeah I think a lot of young women get told who to be and what to what to do so much already so Mm. yeah which may have answered my next question. <laughs> you you might have something more to add. In that oh, yeah, yeah. It was around um, like what can we do in what ways can we help to empower young women to help them thrive? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I mean, it's just such a great question to ask that. I think, yeah, I think similar to what I was sharing about around that safe space, I think it's really asking yourself the question of being like, how can I make her like this young woman feel more more comfortable how can I make her feel more comfortable is it you know and it's and it's always like allowing them to lead it it could be hey like I want to let's hang out together like what do you want to do and it might be learning to do a TikTok dance together you know all the things that they love doing but you allow them to really generate it be like yeah I'd love to go for a walk with you I'd love to you know go get a coffee with you I don't know I don't even know I don't know if teenage girls even have coffee. It's probably more, maybe more in year 12, but anyways. Yeah, I think it's definitely opening up, up that space to be like, hey, let's create more time together. And I think that's the biggest thing because it's very easy to just jump straight to what are your goals and aspirations. But when there's no safety or comfortability there, you're not going to get an authentic answer. So I think mm-hmm. it's definitely building that safety and trust and having fun with them. I think girls really create more safety in the fun as well. And I think from there, when you feel like, you know, they feel comfortable to share with you, then it's, yeah, then it is asking like, you know, what is it that lights you up? What, what are you good at? And, you know, something we talk about at Flourish Girl is like, yeah, what are your growing edges? You know, not technically areas, not, not weaknesses, because we don't believe in weaknesses. It's like, what, what are some of the things that you want to grow in? So I think it's just starting from there. It's giving them it's giving them hope. It's giving them a sense of inspiration, but also being authentic throughout the whole process as well. And even if they don't have goals or aspirations, just normalizing that and being like, Mm. Hey, that's so fine. You're only 16. I I wouldn't expect you to know what you're going to do for the rest of your life anyways. So I think it's just hearing them out. I think that's the biggest thing because they have a lot of wisdom around, you know, how they want support and who they want support from. So yeah, I think listening a lot is, yeah, really helpful. Yeah. Nice. I think that's a a lovely take home for anyone that's working yeah. or living with um, Definitely. a young woman. Definitely. Can you talk to us about feminine leadership? 
Mm. And do you need to be female to nurture these qualities? Mm. Oh, this is such a great question because I feel like the masculine feminine conversation, it's always around. And I think, you know, with the Flourish Girl podcast, you know, the thing that we always talk about is what does feminine leadership mean to you? And we bring on these incredible women that are leading in their industries. And, you know, the biggest theme that comes out of those podcasts is, well, feminine leadership is just when you're being you and you're, you know, you're embracing more of those feminine qualities like care and you're like the empathy driven, you really listen to everyone. You know, it's more about doing it together, not like I'm telling you what to do. So I feel like a hundred percent that you don't need to be a woman to have to, you know, embody feminine leadership. I have incredible men in my life who, you know, one of some of my closest friends that really embody feminine leadership so well as well. I feel like you can dance in both of them, but I think it's, yeah, it's when you tune into, you know, when, when do you need to use more of your feminine traits or when do I need to use more of my masculine traits? So it's definitely, it's very fluid and we dance, dance throughout it all. So yeah, Hmm. definitely. And what can families do? If you've got parents listening right now, what Mm. do you, and they're, they may be thinking, wow, you know, I've not sat down with my daughter. Um, I haven't been that open. I haven't shared my own stories or challenges. What do you think families can do? And whether that's mum, dad, brother, sister, anyone. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is to not judge yourself. I think it's very easy for parents to think, oh my gosh, I didn't do this. And this is why my girl is like this. And I think the first thing is not to judge yourself because you are not alone in terms of potentially not reaching out or checking in with your teenage girl. So that's number one. And I think if there's anyone who lives with a teenage girl, I think the biggest thing would have to be, hmm, what would it be? This is like advice. Is this, I just had a mental blank. I'm giving advice. <laughs> <laughs> I just totally was about talking. What was the question again? I fully had a wow. I <laughs> mind blank big time. <laughs> uh, we were talking about families and you, and you were saying like, don't have. Oh, stories. Like how to support them. How uh, can families support them? Yes. How can families yes. support and yes, not, yes, yes. not feeling like you're, you have, what did you say? It was a really good answer. Like not feeling, oh, not feeling bad about not doing something. Yes. yes yeah, that's right. Not that's judging right. yourself. That's not right. Judging yes. Yourself. Yes. 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 That's right. Yeah. So I think in terms of, sorry, we, we got back on the train. I'm back now. We're yeah, back. We're back. <laughs> yeah, we're back. We're back. I think that, I think it really just comes down to spending quality time, spending really good quality time with that person in your life, that young, the teenage girl in your life. And, you know, if you feel out of your depths, then maybe it's looking at someone else, a trusted, another trusted adult that could have that conversation with your teenage girl. Like you don't, if it's something that you don't feel ready for, then that's okay. Like you don't, you've got to, you've got to look at what your boundaries are too. Like something we talk about at Flourish Girl is we have like our comfort zone, our learning zone, and then our danger zone. And it's only you that know when is it that it's in your learning zone, but it's kind of coming more towards your danger zone. So Lillian Klein, who's the chairperson of Flourish Girl, she came on my first podcast episode and she was just talking about how one of her good colleagues, John O'Nicholas, talks about the five, like the rule of five, being like, is there five other trusted adults that your teenage girl could talk to, you know? And they have an agreement that 
you know, Lil, cause I'm not a parent. So that's why it's great having someone like Lil who has four teenagers at the moment, you know, she has other added adults that her teenagers can reach out to if she doesn't feel comfortable talking to her as the mom. And I'm like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So I think just definitely getting them around other trusted adults is a really great one. And just the most important thing is to be patient. You know, sometimes, you know, every girl is going to be different. Some girls are just are going to open up so quickly and some might just take time. And I think it's not taking it personally. I think it's just knowing that they have their way of communicating. But the biggest thing is that you're consistently showing up and whether it's like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to check in? And check-in is something that we do at Flourish Girl. It's a guide of how you language out your feelings and your thoughts. It's like, Oh, do you want to do a check-in? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you, do you need space? Like really get your teenage girl to share what she actually needs. Cause she does know. And yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest thing. It's just like, when in doubt, just ask, you know, I'm sure the mother's intuition or, you know, a family intuition is such a big one. So yeah, just spending time with them is the biggest, biggest thing. Mm. Yeah. And you mentioned before about a teacher being part of mm. an experience. Yeah. What role do teachers play and how important is that role? Oh yeah. Teachers. So with the workshops we run, we always encourage teachers to be a part of it, like to be a participant and not just be on your laptop in in the corner of the room, getting through work. It's genuinely getting girls, um, getting teachers to sit in on the circles and share like a student. And it's really amazing because, you know, we went to this one school out in regional Victoria and, you know, this one teacher walks in, she's like, I'm just going to be on my computer. I didn't know you were coming in. And she was starting to, you know, be on her computer. But by the end of the day, she's like, her computer's down. She's sharing authentically. Like it was so powerful for her. So it's, it's, and again, you get a mixed bag full. Not all teachers are wanting to engage because again, it might be uncomfortable for them mm. and that's totally fine. You've got to, I mean, that's the magic of our facilitators. We work with what's in the room. So, you know, majority though, a lot of the teachers we work with are incredible. Like they deeply, deeply care about the well-being of their students and they're happy to share authentically and take off their teacher hat and be a participant for the day. And it's, it is very, very healing for girls to see teachers being vulnerable and also it's healing for teachers to be vulnerable and mm. show students that, hey, I'm also a human being. Like I don't I don't have it all together. And, you know, it's it's special to know that we can create these spaces for teachers, especially these last two years, because man, they've had a rough, a rough two years being in, in and out of online learning. So yeah, teachers mm. do an amazing job being involved. And if you could give us I think you've probably really answered my next question because I was going to say <laughs> when it comes to parents and teachers, one thing you could do today that would support mm. someone. But I think that mm. answer of giving time really landed with me. Yeah, if that, definitely. If that's potentially the number one thing. If you're going to do something today, then just give a bit of time. Time, 100%. And, yeah, the time and just also just getting the teenage girl to generate, like, what does that look like? Spending time with you. What does that Mm. look like? What do you want? And sometimes they might not want, not, might not want to spend time with you because that's just the season they're in. But that doesn't mean that you don't stop asking, Mm. you know, as well. It's very easy to kind of shut that down uh, straight away. So yeah, a hundred percent time is key. 
And I guess that time could also be spent differently as well. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, you know, it, it's, I guess sometimes it doesn't have to be, you know, really in-depth sharing mm-hmm. honorable time. It could yes. be really lighthearted, easygoing, yes. like let's just go to the movies and eat popcorn time. Yeah, yes, a hundred percent. It's so true because it's exactly, you know, what happens in our workshops too towards the end of our program is we get girls to create a toolbox of, you know, what is it that they need from their friends, their family, their school to feel mm. supported. And something they say with their friends is, you know, I just want to laugh. I just want to mm. get my mind off things. And, you know, I, I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing because they want to feel a different feeling. As long as you're not completely hiding that feel, like the real root of it, you know, it's important to have fun. It's important to bring different energies into, you know, what you're feeling. So yeah, definitely lighthearted and, whether it's deep, it's deep or yeah, you're just planting those seeds of trust over time for sure. Beautiful. I've got a question for you that we were yeah. coming right to the end. Um, what <laughs> do you want more than anything else in this life? Oh my goodness. I think what I deeply want in this life is for everyone to have the ability and permission to just authentically be themselves and also be connected to their higher purpose, whatever that looks like for them, and that they get to walk their path confidently, boldly, and even in the midst of trials or tribulations, they continue to commit to the path because no one else is you. So definitely, it would definitely be that. Awesome. And Flourish Girl is a charity, so where could, yeah. where could we help if we want to help out? Oh, that's so nice. Thanks for asking that. Uh, the best way would be definitely donating. Donating, you can go to www.flourishgirl.org and there's a Donate Now, website, um, Donate Now button and it goes to a website. So, yeah, any really anything really does make a huge difference. You know, we are... You know, we're in a time in history where girls' mental health is so important and, you know, we're a startup charity. So, you know, we're really looking at really building our resource and ability to be able to impact more girls and allow more girls to go through our programs. So, yeah, that's definitely the best the best place. But I'll, I'll have to send you a link so it's easier as well. <laughs> Perfect. We'll make sure that link goes into the show notes. And this episode will go to air in early 2022 where will you be if people want to get in contact or what do you got going on for 2022? Oh gosh. Yeah. Do you know? Well, well, (laughs) in a time like this, I guess we all don't know what we're going to be doing in a few days, but that's true. That's (laughs) true. Yeah. But I think, you know, where we're going to be flourish girl, we're going to continue to, yeah, we're going to continue to scale our impact in Victoria and we're looking to, you know, softly launch as well, but we're expanding to New South Wales too. So yeah, that's what 2022 is going to look like. So yeah, we're continuing to grow and, you know, provide these spaces for girls who need it most right now. So that's, that's where we'll be. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to having you back in New South Wales. Yeah, definitely. Um, The hometown. (laughs) Where can people find you? You or Flourish Girl? Yeah, awesome. Well, 
Best thing for Flourish Girl is following us. We're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook and Instagram. So Instagram is flourishgirl underscore or lowercase and LinkedIn. I mean, I don't know the URL at the top of my head, but I can flick it through to you. You can just go in the search engine, write Flourish Girl. And then Facebook is, uh, yeah, it's facebook.com forward slash Flourish Girl org. So yeah, we're all on there. And if you wanted to follow me personally, I'm quite active on Instagram. Well, starting to be again. That's the whole story. (laughs) It's Mandy Dante. So M-A-N-D-Y-D-A-N-T-E underscore. And I'm also on LinkedIn as well. So yeah, you can follow me on there too. Did I just hear uh, part two of this episode? Why Mandy's back on Instagram? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like there's so many parts to the story. So many parts. It's the whole thing. All right. I'm on and off, but anyways. I'll book, two. I'll book you in, guys. Yeah, you, do that. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> um, part two is coming later in 2022. <laughs> yeah, that's what's coming in 2022. Yeah. Mandy, it's been so great to chat to you and just so much honour, really, for what you're doing and what you've brought into the world. Mm. You know, you've brought this forth um, purely from your own experience and wanting to help people. So, yeah, it's just a really beautiful thing that you're doing and um, I'm really honoured to have you on our podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, well, thank you so much, first of all, and thank you for providing us with the platform where we can share more about our work and, yeah, I really hope that it's, you know, planted some seeds of the people listening and, yeah, definitely reach out if something has impacted you on the podcast because, yeah, I would absolutely love to share that with our team as well. Awesome. Thank you very much, Mandy. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks so much for pressing play today. I hope you've enjoyed this chat with Mandy and I. If you're loving this podcast, I would be forever grateful if you could give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Equally, if you could tell all your friends and family about us as well. Until next time, bye for now.